Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, hello there and welcome back to another episode of Creative Source with Andy Osho, the podcast about creativity for the creative in you, no matter where you are on your journey with creativity. And I really mean that, like... I don't want this to feel like a podcast. It's like, oh, well, because I'm not working professionally as an artist, this isn't for me. Because we talk, we're going to talk about all kinds of things. We have talked about all kinds of things that aren't just related to being a creative. But what it is, is I think I look through the lens of creativity at life stuff. Um, and so therefore, I feel like what we're talking about applies to people in all walks, but we're just using creativity as the way in. So if you feel like there's folks in your life that you think, oh, mm, those episodes on success, even though they're not working as an artist, I think they would really enjoy them. Or that episode about procrastination, I think they would really get something from, share it with them, send them a link. Don't have to share the whole series, just send them a link for that one episode and, you know, see if they enjoy. But anyway, listen, this is another episode of Creative Source. And this week we're going to be talking about mental health. First of all, though, I wanted to thank all my Patreon patrons. I always have to give a shout out at the top because that's such a lovely, wonderful, beautiful commitment (laughs) that you've made to the podcast to support it. And you guys, it does not go unnoticed. It's so appreciated. So thank you for supporting, but also thank you for just being listeners as well. And thank you to folks who are supporting via Acast as well. Um, If financial support isn't something that you can commit to right now, 
please just share the podcast. Like I said, if there's people in your life that you think particularly would benefit from a, speci- a specific, oh, I didn't think I'd be able to say that, a specific episode, then please share it with them or share on your socials. Hey guys, uh, I'm listening to this really cool podcast about being a creative, being an artist. Um, this is my favorite episode or, you know, I think you guys would really like this one. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here, but let's just spread the word because I think one of the things that's important to me about this podcast too is it's about uh, spreading the love. Do you know what I mean? Because sometimes, not often, but sometimes in the comments, I see things that are more like, ooh, they're a little bit like comments are a bit more fueled by political leanings and stuff like that. And that just isn't what this space is. That isn't to say that those things aren't valid, but that's not what this space is. And that's not to say that I'm, uh, I'm ignoring those things. As you know, from my social media, I do talk about things that are important that pertain to sort of social politics and stuff like that. But that's not what we're doing here. This is about the love and appreciation of creativity and sort of seeing in another way anything that's getting in our way from experiencing that. So in this week's episode, well, actually, it's not just going to be this week. It's the next four weeks. We're going to be talking about mental health. We're going to be talking about the issues of mental health that pertain particularly to creatives. Now, this is not going to be some exhaustive list. It's literally things that I've thought of, probably things that I've experienced and have been challenged by. And then we're going to talk about solutions, things that we can do to alleviate some of those issues. But what I didn't want to do is to get into anything that requires expert knowledge, basically, because obviously I'm not a mental health specialist. um, I'm not a medical professional or anything like that. So I don't want to get into discussing more like mental health concerns that might need the intervention of a medical professional. If there is something that is concerning you, uh, that you're struggling with, or that someone in your life is struggling with, the best thing to do is to go to a medical professional or or seek help, basically, either from an organisation that supports people who are experiencing these challenges, go to your GP, start there if that's what, if that's accessible to you or go to a place where you can basically get support. So we're not talking about serious, uh, severe issues such as, you know, substance abuse, extreme anxiety or depression, suicidal thoughts, insomnia, eating disorders, things like that. That's not what these episodes are about. I don't want to sort of categorize and say, oh, we're talking about milder things than that. But essentially we're, we're not talking about things that, yeah, require intervention. We're talking about things that day to day we might encounter as a creative and ways that we can work with those things to alleviate them. So that's what we're going to be doing over the next four episodes. And as I say, it's not an exhaustive list in terms of the issues we might encounter as creatives or the solutions that we can use. Everyone uh, has their own specific journey and profile, even when it comes to mental health. And and therefore, that means that the solutions that they um, require are going to be different. So a lot of this is going to be me essentially just talking from personal experience. So with that gentle disclaimer in place, let's get into it. One of the things I feel about mental health is that over time, it's become something that we are as a, as a society, more and more comfortable talking about because before 
it felt like, and when I say before, I don't really know when I'm talking about what I'm picturing is the war, <laughs> like the second world war for some reason of like where people would just go, oh, he's a bit down <laughs> or whatever, or she's, she's, she's having a time of the month or whatever. And there, it didn't feel like there was as much subtlety to the conversation that there is now. Like at the time of recording the Olympic games, uh, the 2020 Olympic games held in 2021 have just finished. And it felt like those sports stars, people like Simone Biles were much more open and honest about their mental health and making it a priority and allowing people to see the link between ability to perform and mental health. And sports stars, they do use sort of trainers and mental health, basically, and sort of mental toughness and all that sort of stuff that is part of their training. Well, I think that kind of applies to creatives as well, because if you're experiencing doubt or if you're experiencing high anxiety or, or you're experiencing some sort of uh, challenge in this area, it will affect your performance. It will draw or drain your energy. So as much as sports stars need that sort of performance coaching, I think we do, we performers need performance coaching as well. And beyond that, we experience more mental health issues. We're three times more likely to have issues around mental health as a creative than the rest of society. Now, I don't know whether that means that people who are more prone to experience challenges are drawn to the arts or whether the arts creates it, who knows. But the fact of the matter is, um, you know, statistically, we're more likely to experience um, issues around our mental health. And so that's why I felt like it was important to, you know, give quite a bit of um, room and airtime to discussing it because it is something that thankfully is more present in in the general conversation, but it is something that's like really pertinent to us as artists. So um, I thought we'd have a little bite-sized advice just to, to get the ball rolling. I like to mix things up because I don't plan quite to that level. Um, so each each episode is slightly different. But um, this is the fabulous Roisin Conaty talking about mental health and some of the challenges that we face as creatives. I think, you know, whatever field you're in, whatever choices you make in life, mental health is something we have to consider. And I think creative endeavours do affect your mental health because they're exposing and they make us feel vulnerable and there's not a set way to do them. And that can make us feel useless if it's not working, if we sit down to write and nothing happens. And so there's a lot of, it can really mess with your inner narrative and your sense of self-worth. And that stuff can take a toll and uh, I think it has taken a toll on me at times uh, when I haven't been treating myself well. If I've been, re- you know, really going on social media, looking at stuff to read about myself or drinking a lot when I was in Edinburgh and stuff. I'm sober now. So you have to sort of really counteract because you're taking a lot from yourself. You know, sometimes you're cannibalizing yourself, you know, your life experiences and your hurts and your pains and, you know, the laughs and all of that stuff. But it's sometimes it can leave us a bit depleted, I think, spiritually, maybe emotionally. And I feel like you have to counteract that. That was the brilliant Roisin Conaty, um, just breaking down some of the reasons why perhaps 
mental health is so, or, or issues around it can be so challenging for us as creatives. Uh, I thought that's a really interesting term she used, like we cannibalize ourselves. Essentially, yeah, that's right. We do offer up quite a lot of ourselves in our work in a way that other people don't. Like it's almost in some industries or some some sort of disciplines or whatever, it's not, it's a requirement that you do actually compartmentalize and keep who you are separate from your work. But with what we do as artists, it's an, almost a requirement of the job to put you and who you are and what you've been through and what you love and what you hate and what's hurt you to put it all into your work. So no wonder the general field of being a creative can be so challenging. I think also if we're talking about why in particular we as creators are susceptible, it's also a really unpredictable industry. And I was reading Oprah's book about childhood trauma. I think it's called What Happened to You? And just talking about how If you have experienced trauma, either event-based trauma or non-event-based trauma in your childhood, as an adult, you don't like change. And so, you you know, you like to do like perhaps you'll go to the same place on holiday, you take the same route to work or you eat the same meals uh, often or something like, do you know what I mean? You're not so open to change and flux, but yet being a creative is like one of the most unpredictable industries there is. You can be in some hugely successful show and then two years later but having to sign on or something like that do you know what I mean to get unemployment benefit because you haven't been able to to work since then so that unpredictability of the industry is very difficult to to navigate and in addition to that in, in addition to that unpredictability is that it's not a meritocracy and there's some fields that are more meritocratic I hope that's a real word. Anyways, it is now. There are some that are more that than others. But like, for example, acting is probably the least meritocratic uh, part of uh, the the creative arts that there can be. Because you can be born to somebody famous. They don't even have to be a famous actor. And you will get work because of the notoriety that your casting will bring to a particular role. People, when I was doing stand up, people used to talk about how stand up was a meritocracy. And even that isn't because your face has got fit. There are some blinding comics on the circuit who are so good, yet you'll never see them on panel shows because because anyways, let's not get into that. But, um, you know, so it, so even stand up that people claim is a meritocracy, it isn't. Some fields probably are a little fairer in that respect, but for the most part, it's almost like a lottery in a way. And the only way to buy your ticket is just to keep showing up and creating, but that can take its toll. And in the meantime, until you get that nod, that random nod from the universe, you can be in quite a lot of financial instability. Again, this can take its toll on one. Like if you're I don't know if you've got a family, but you still have this dream. How do you balance the responsibilities of, you know, taking care of your kids and being a responsible parent alongside these dreams and ambitions that you have for yourself? And then on top of that, whether you've made it or quote unquote or not, or whether you're still aspiring, it is very demanding. It It can be very demanding. I mean, 
An example that I have recently is that because of the pandemic, a lot of casting directors, this is now we're talking in the field of acting, but they were asking actors to do self-tapes, what we refer to as self-tapes. That's basically instead of coming into their office to audition and they set up a video camera and they record you doing the audition and they read with you, they're now asking you to do all that from home. That is quite a request, actually. And I think because it was slowly creeping in in America and because it was slowly creeping in before the pandemic, we kind of all as actors just sort of went along with it. But since the sort of end of the lockdown in the UK, at least, the request for self-tapes has continued and they're asking for maybe five, ten pages of dialogue to be learned, that you try the scenes in different ways. You might be asked to do them in different accents. And then on top of that, you might be asked to turn it around in a really short space of time. I personally, and I think this is true of a lot of actors, were starting to get really stressed by this because It felt like an unreasonable request, but it's one of those things where you feel like I'm grateful for being invited to um, audition for this particular role because it looks like a great project. But what they're asking for is a lot. It's a lot because half of what we're doing would normally be being done by the casting director or their assistant i.e. filming it, reading in, um, you know, selecting the takes, blah, blah, blah. So it's demanding, basically, is what I'm, what I'm getting at. And every industry has its own version of that, either off the back of the pandemic and changes that have been made in your industry, or just, and just anyways, aren't these all very demanding? Don't people always want things now for not very much money, but done really, really well? So it can be, uh, these, these industries can be really demanding. And not just like in terms of your time, but obviously that takes its toll emotionally. And with all of that, all the demands and all the sort of inequities and unfairness and unpredictability and instability that we see in our industries, whatever creative field we're working in, we also require mental toughness. What a paradox that creatives have to live in, that we at once have to sort of share our souls, bear our souls to be able to create uh, and have our emotions brimming under the surface, particularly when you're a performer. You, you know, your emotions often are quite close to the surface so that you have access to them for your performance. And yet, on top of that, we have to be tough. We have to be able to take rejection after rejection after rejection. We have to be organized. We have to be smart. We have to be social. We have to know our own boundaries, you know, so that nobody can act inappropriately around us. We have to advocate for ourselves. We have to be professional. I mean, it's a lot. Now, obviously, I'm talking in the context of creativity, so I'm not saying that our world, our jobs are harder than anybody else's, but I'm just laying a context as to why perhaps mental health is a primary concern for people who work in the arts. So let's talk about some of the specific things that we may as artists have to deal with. So as I say, if you guys want to support the podcast, please feel free to head over to Acast, link in the show notes, where you can make a one-off contribution. So you don't have to be a Patreon patron. You can just make a one-off. You don't have to subscribe monthly. Um, If that's your thing, as I say, link in the show notes. Also, check out our Facebook group, uh, the Creative Source Network. This is a space, well, it's a space I want to create that's a kind of safe, fun space for 
uh, fellow creatives to just talk about stuff, maybe hook up with people. Like, not like that. I mean, like, you know, like creatively Um, (laughs) and just, you know, just chat about the arts and what you're up to. So if that sounds like something you'd be into, again, the link is in the show notes. So I'm going to split this uh, conversation over these two episodes of like the types of things that we as creatives can encounter in terms of mental health. And I think one of the big things is stress. We have to deal with a lot of stress. Not saying that others don't, but I'm just talking about creatives. It can be because of our workload that we've taken on too much. And particularly if you're self-employed, if this is your main source of income, then that brings with it a certain amount of stress and a oh, a, ch- a difficulty in saying no to things. Because it's a classic thing of just like, you don't know when the next job is going to come. And we really don't. We could, if we mm, looked at our track record, we could probably predict, but there are trends Uh, just like there are in all kinds of areas of life. And there are trends in terms of when you're in favor and when you're not. So as much as yes, you may have consistently worked for the last two years or five years or whatever, you don't know that the next two years or five years is going to be exactly the same. That can lead you to take on more uh, to create a sort of a safety net for a rainy day kind of thing. <laughs> Mix my uh, um, metaphors there. But yeah, so, so you end up saying yes to, to stuff out of a fear that work could one day dry up or that there's a global pandemic. Who knows? Or you may not have enough. That can cause its own type of stress. It's just like, oh my God, I haven't worked for six months. That happens to people too. And both an overload or an underload or whatever of work can cause a lot of stress. Finances for uh, creatives can be very stressful because again, we just don't have the luxury that a regular income brings. And sometimes I do get frustrated when people pick over the scraps of information they hear about how self-employed people pay themselves, self-employed creative people pay themselves because as much as, yeah, okay, so the government gives us a bit of a break that we can pay ourselves through a company or we can, uh, we get certain allowances for being self-employed, like lower tax rates and stuff. We don't have sick pay. We don't get pension pay or, you know, we have to set that up separately if we do that. We can't take duvet days or duvet days uh, uh, have a cost if we have them. We don't have the security of uh, going into uh, a set place of work and having friends and colleagues there. And we don't have holiday pay. Oh, we do actually. We do get holiday pay now, but that's only if you're working on something. You don't just get it because if you took a holiday and you weren't already employed by somebody, you're not going to get holiday pay. So there's a lot of instability, I suppose, or uncertainty, should I say, financially that comes with being self-employed. Obviously, there's lots of freedoms that come with it too. And, you know, I remember uh, being at my mum's house one day and it was like a weekday, I think like a Tuesday or something like Tuesday morning, late morning. And I was just like, I'm not at work. And and this is allowed, like I've, I've given myself this time off. So I'm not trying to make it like, woe is us. There are some real luxuries actually that come with being self-employed, especially if you have financial stability. However, that isn't a given for a lot of people. A lot of self-employed creatives are really having to make ends meet and it can become stressful. The other thing that uh, can create stress in the specific sphere of money 
is uh, the future. Like, what if you don't have a pension? What if you haven't been able to make those plans for your, your future? What happens then? So that can be a thing that creates stress. Creative pressures can create stress. Um, you, you know, you may have looming deadlines that you are not sure you're going to be able to honour. Pressure from, you know, your buyers or your employers or whoever it may be who's like hired your services. You could have interior things going on like self-doubt questioning your ability to fulfill and what will happen if you don't, what will happen if people don't like what you've created? I think a lot of, um, you know, writers experience that of just like, oh my God, I put my heart and soul into this thing. What if nobody buys this book? What if nobody buys this screenplay? What if people make this show or film that I've written and everybody hates it? Stress. But of course, not all stress is bad. Stress can serve a function. So we don't want to make it sound like, okay, if you're stressed, something's wrong. It's more like there can be useful stress that's kind of like a motivator or it provides the sort of biochemistry to to keep you going and help you stay up and fulfill on the thing that you want to do or whatever. It's more like, is it hurting you? Is there useful stress that's like helping you, motivating you, or is it harmful stress? that is actually debilitating you or over time taking its toll on your health. Uh, so uh, maybe a way to tell is like how you feel when you're away from the source of that stress. Like how, how are you when you're uh, away from a particular situation that causes you stress? Do you feel like a flood of relief and then a dread of going back to it? Or are you like, cool, okay, good. I know where I stand. I know what I've got to do next and I'm going to just n- nail it and I can see an end in sight. So I'm good. Do you know what I mean? Like just having that conversation with yourself, well, acknowledging that there's stress in the first place and then having that conversation will, will help to identify like which type of stress you're, you're experiencing. And then also like, how's it, how's it in your well-being generally? Are you sleeping? Okay. Um, are you eating right? Are you, do you feel emotionally stable? Cause Every human being, I think it just comes with the package of humanity, uh, of your own humanity, probably has baked in a certain degree of a um, propensity for for stress. The problem becomes when the stress gets so much that it's taking a toll, stops you sleeping, stops you eating, or has you eat things that aren't supporting you. But we'll talk about all that sort of stuff in the third and fourth episode, where we start to talk about solutions, how to alleviate some of these some of these issues that you might be um, uh, encountering. I'm Lisa Milton, and you're listening to Creative Source with Andy Osho. So let's have a listener comment. So this is from at Nellie and Clem. And Nellie and Clem posted on the um, Creative Source Instagram account. So if you're not already following, do hop on to that on IG. That's where most of the conversation around Creative Source will be and the Facebook group. I I was done with Twitter. That wasn't working out. (laughs) And the Facebook page, that wasn't working out. I like the idea of the group more. Anyway, that's not what this is about. Nellie and Clem says, a negative point would be that I constantly second guess my work and my worth. On bad days, I want to quit and I start looking for excuses, signs that I should do that. It's about interrupting that constant stream of you um, saying, you know, not good enough. Some days it's easier than others. And I sometimes wonder if meds would help, but then there's a worry it might stop the creativity. I mean, that is a legitimate concern. Well, first of all, let's talk about the first point about, you know, uh, sort of self-doubt and 
what's going on mentally getting in the way of you being able to create. I mean, that's a legit issue. Well, let's, let's deal with point two first. So, you know, will meds get in the way of uh, creativity. I'm obviously not qualified to talk on that point. And if you've been prescribed medication by a professional, then you should just continue on the course of medication. And if you want to come off that medication, discuss it with them first. Um, it's probably not advisable to arbitrarily kind of just up and down your dose without having a conversation with them first. But yeah, there is a thing in which certain uh, medications for mental health can dull the creative senses. But I guess I would argue the most important thing is your mental health. Like, do you want to be creating whilst in existential pain? Is, is it worth it? And presumably, you know, it is possible for these courses of medication to be temporary. So maybe it's a case of putting your well-being first, taking the medication. I mean, Nelly, I know you're not saying you're a medication, but sometimes you've wondered about it. But for those who are, that maybe it's a case of like, get yourself right or get yourself into a place where if it is dulling your creativity, you just focus on your your well-being. And then after some time, you may be able to change the dose, change the prescription so that it doesn't have that effect. But first and foremost, I, I, I believe that mental health is of primary importance. And if creativity supports that, then it may be worth, anyways, listen, I don't want to get into a minefield, but look, it's a conversation to have with your trusted medical professional. I think that's, that's what, that's, that, that's the best thing for me to say about that. But just going back to your previous point, Nelly and Clem about, yeah, that constant inner doubts, fears, fear of failure, fear of success. That is a really big uh, area that we as creatives uh, encounter. I also include, you know, imposter syndrome uh, in, in all of that. I think it's all part of the same mechanism and it feels like it's part of the human condition that again, like uh, the other thing, what was, what was the other thing we were talking about that sort of baked into, oh, stress. They are like stress is baked into the, the sort of our humanity or a version of some fear around our creativity two seems to be built in. And actually, if we can navigate like a new experience of that fear, it needn't get in the way. And when I say that, what I'm talking about is experiencing it as something that you have rather than something that you are. Okay, I have fear, but it doesn't mean I can't paint. Okay, I have doubt about my ability to write a book, but it doesn't mean I can't write. So that the idea isn't that we overcome our fear of failure and then we can start. The idea is that we jump afraid. I quote this all the time, Vola Davis saying, jump afraid, you know, and lots of people have said a version of that same thing is that it's not about obliterate, but you know, fearlessness is not a real thing. There are very few people who are fearless across the board. They will have, everyone has fears because they're part of being a human being. But what people who appear brave and confident do is that they don't get debilitated by their fear or you happen to be seeing the thing that they are fearless about. <laughs> it could be that. But actually no fear is is, a, is somewhat of a concern as well because I remember when I was um, doing acting training with a Howard Fine studio in LA and he said that he, he's taught a lot of people acting and he said the people that were usually the least talented were the ones that were really like super confident. He said the best actors were the ones that were always in doubt, questioning themselves, second guessing their ability, all that. And that reassured me because I was like, oh my God, I think I'm actually... I could be an all right actor because I was doubting. I 
still doubt myself all the time, question my ability. But what happens, I hope in my life is that I don't let those things stop me. They're not a block to me being able to do the thing that I set out to do. Uh, When I started writing my second book, uh, Tough Crowd, which actually started last year, I was writing in a completely different style from my first book, Asking for a Friend. And for the first chapter, two chapters, I was just gripped by this fear or concern that this is no good. This is not going to work. The editor is going to see this. My lovely editor, Katie, is going to be very kind, but very, very clear. This is garbage, (laughs) you know, get rid of it. But I just pushed through. I just, I just said to myself, just keep going, keep going, keep going. And anyway, so the other day, uh, probably about uh, two weeks ago, I say, I started working on the second draft and, oh gosh, this is so cheesy, but I was reading it and lolling. I was, I properly lolled at some passages and some things that I'd completely forgotten I'd written. And so I'm telling you that so that that in some way can reassure you that pushing through is worth it. It's not a guarantee, but you, you're 100% more likely to succeed if you give it a go than if you just do nothing. So fear of all these things doesn't have to stop you in your tracks, but it also doesn't have to be obliterated. It can just be there. Just let, allow it to be there. Oh, that's my fear showing up again. And as I said before, when I was doing the live chats, I believe that these things are not an absence of something. They're not an absence of confidence or an absence of uh, self-worth or an absence of self-esteem or uh, an absence of self-belief. They're the presence of something. They're a cloud that's come in and just got in the way of your self-confidence, your self-belief, your self-worth. And as with all clouds, they pass. So it's okay to have them to have this experience of fear and self-doubt because it's not there all the time. If you really track yourself, you'll see that it's not there all the time, but when it comes, it feels like it's always been there. So let it come as a cloud and let it go or not, Uh, you know, because what I don't want anyone to come away from this uh, feeling is, oh, I'm not getting rid of the cloud. I'm doing it wrong. Just be, just be because you're beautiful and wonderful and perfect as you are. And there's nothing wrong as it were, with where you are in terms of your mental health. It's just that there are ways that you can alleviate some things that perhaps would have you feel better. I think that's the way to look at it. So where you are is your ground zero and that's absolutely fine. And just to conclude this, just a a practical thing that I found really useful, just in terms of that doubt, imposter syndrome, that sort of internal conversation that can happen. Every now and again, I write down um, a list of credits or a list of accomplishments or achievements. And I also do uh, this kind of annual, it's just a note, a notes thing on my phone. And I list all the awesome things that have happened around work that year. And I even, I, I list it by month. So I go, oh, in April, I, this happened. And in May, blah, blah, blah happened and da, 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 and da, da, da. And what that does is it gives you something really wonderful to look back on and just remind you, especially in those times when you are doubting yourself. No, no, no. Hang on a minute. It's not so bad. There's some cool stuff that has happened and that can solve the, the fears and the doubts that, that can come up. All right, guys. So um, if you would like to support this podcast and help the conversation carry on, do feel free to jump onto the Patreon page, link in the show notes, and you can become a regular supporter of this podcast. 
that's all for this week. It, there is a lot in this conversation. So I thought rather than have like super long episodes, I'll, I'll, I'll keep it short to the point and we'll pick up this conversation at, in next week's episode, talking more about some of the issues that we as creatives encounter. If you are struggling around your mental health, please do seek help. There's a lot of organizations that you can go to that are kind of separate from the NHS, like Mind, places like that. Also your union or your governing bodies for your industry may have uh, resources that you can go to. And of course, there's your friends and family. So don't feel like you're alone. There's always somewhere or someone that you can turn to. All right. Thank you guys for uh, joining me for another episode of Creative Source. Thank you to Roshin Conaty for her awesome bite-sized advice. By the way, oh, I didn't mention, you know, Roshin is awesome. I did say that, right? And she's the creator, writer, star of Game Face, which is a fantastic Channel 4 series. I think she's done two seasons of it now. So check that out if you haven't seen it. Thank you to at Nelly and Clem for the listeners comment, to Martin Lumsden for the post-production, Clydesdale Music music for the theme tune and your stop up for the marketing and listen thank you to you guys for once again joining me for another episode of creative source until next time look after yourself keep creating and living in gratitude What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Creative Source. If you're looking for more support with your creative journey, I'm offering one-to-one online mentoring. Perhaps you want to launch a project but don't know where to start. Maybe you've got stuck around a certain issue, need some advice, or just want to bounce ideas around. Whatever it is, I'm here. Just hit the Patreon link in the show notes or go to patreon.com forward slash creative source with Andy Osho to find out more. Mm-hmm.